Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. That's... Yeah. They have asked for that, really. Well, you can laugh. I have to walk up. I'm a little bit of an idealist, but having said that, I want to be like me. There should be some good happy vibes around the second captain's football podcast today because we have got Ken back from holidays. Hi, Ken. Oh, and how are you? I'm all right. And Murph back from cheering on his beloved St. Pat's to victory in the cup final at Lansdowne Road. Congrats, Kieran. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Lord. Thanks, Lord. It's just, you know, it's what a day. Uh, did I ever think that this day would come? You know, uh, it's just it's been a lifelong obsession growing up in Milltown. Yeah, it was one for the lifers. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot, a lot of fair weather fans, and we welcome them, of course. You know, the more the merrier. Uh, Thirty-seven thousand people uh, in the Aviva last night. Where were they during the season? Oh, and I'd be inclined to ask. <laughs> but, um, you know, like that's today's not the day for that sort of chat. You know, what a day though. I mean, I was just thinking about it on. You know, like this time. Last Sunday, I was, you know, pretty down at heart about losing my own county final. And then sport just repays me in spades with what I saw in the Aviva yesterday. Just, wow. What a roller coaster. Kenny, I, I glossed over you being back. I mean, did you enjoy your break? The unfortunate timing of it notwithstanding? What, unfortunate? Yeah, just the, another big story breaking while you were gone. What story? Solskjaer gone. Ragnick in. Well. Manchester United. Uh, is Rangnick definitely in yet? What's what's going on there? Well, lo- Locomotive have eventually said, yeah, all right, go on, see you later. So I don't know what remains. He supposedly has talked himself into this consultancy role for two years. So, uh, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, what's the point of the consultancy? Um, I mean, the, the story that you'd say, it wasn't really a story, was it? I mean, it was like, we all knew that this was happening. It's, it was just a culmination of, what we've been talking about for like interminably. <laughs> you, actually, you actually sound exactly interminably. You sound exactly like the emailers who were getting onto myself and Murph's case last week for giving away too much coverage. So, oh well, no, no, it's I'd... just we like. I mean, had the thing was talked to death. I mean, it was it had become it was it was one of the weirdest. Um, can can it do away with the obituary part of the newspaper? Listen, we're all going to die anyway. So why is it even news? No, you know? I just I just mean so someone that it dies. Been... Of course he's going to die. Whether it was today or whether it was. 53 years from now. Who cares? 
Well, he's dying anyway, so come on. Uh, this the obituaries have been written in advance. Have been published in the obituaries usually are written in advance, but in this occasion they'd been published in advance for weeks and months and <laughs> actually years. In fact, the first obituaries were printed moments after Ole Gunnar Solskjaer took the job. You know, like after he after he signed the permanent contract, it was like, "What? Oh, what have you done?" And uh, since then, and I suppose that does cre- then create a sort of a. Uh, rather than it being, you know, uh, uh, a sort of uh, uh, an analytical environment of ongoing sort of feedback and, you know, updated judgments and all that, it, it actually becomes a bunch of grim-faced gamblers sitting around uh, sitting around the roulette table, you know, waiting for their the bets that they've already placed to be proved either right or, or well, I mean, right in, in, the, in this event. You know, that's just sort of the way it is now. Um, that's... That's, I'm afraid, what what uh, the atmosphere of transparency and accountability created by social media has done to us. <laughs> you know, it's just all. Even Keane, did you see Keane yesterday? Like a couple well, of Kane, times, Keane and Carragher. A couple of times, he he referred to stuff like, "Well, the players have done as I predicted and and got the and thrown LA under the bus." You know, referring back to his own. So sort of, you know, it was like I I was right about that. And then he referred another point to, "Well, Jamie's going to look very foolish." You know, if 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 Matt, what if Man United win the Jamie's going to look very stupid? You know what I mean? It was all this kind of, you know, that's really what it's about. But the point is that the people who said that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was a good manager for Manchester United uh, were wrong, and uh, I mean this isn't really the point. Uh, I mean, but we had we had sort of said, look, this this is not going anywhere. There are, there are obvious problems, um, and eventually it became it became so bad that the Man United board, who who plainly didn't have an idea of what else to do, were forced to act. They just couldn't, you know, when, when you lose 4-1 to Watford, you know, you lose, I would have said when you lose 5-0 at home to, to Liverpool, that's, you know, there's no coming back from that. I mean, we mm-hmm. did say that. There, there was no coming back from that, but they let it drag on. Whether they wanted to get game, whether they want to get the City game out of the way, I'm, I don't know. I think they were probably just at that point trying to figure out what what they were going to do, but every result just made it worse. And the Watford thing it was it was impossible to continue. It was like okay, just we'll get Carrick. Car- I didn't realize how much Keane disliked Carrick until yesterday. <laughs> oh, he really absolutely destroyed Carrick. I would I, like it's you know the, I know that his his argument with Jamie Carragher has got a lot of attention because of the you know, the way that it, it went. I mean, it was an extremely comical thing to watch. But th- what he said about Carrick actually ha- did have some, you know, it was it was like a cold-blooded assassination. <laughs> Even more cold-blooded than Skulls's. Oh, well, I didn't see Skulls. Because I, 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 I was at the, I was at the, I, was, I had to watch all this stuff back. I had to watch all this stuff back last night. I wasn't like, uh, you know, I mean, I, was, I couldn't, I couldn't watch the whole the whole thing. I was, you know, I was, I was at a real football occasion. Exactly. So. And you know, before we get sidetracked again into Manchester United talk, which we already have done, I do want to mention yesterday, the last few minutes of injury time, the FA Cup final. Robbie Benson already sporting a head bandage from an early collision, controls the ball, falls over, just about manages to swing a leg at it from his prone position, get it to a teammate before turning over in agony onto his back and calling for another teammate to release the cramps that were 
taking hold of his legs at that stage. Didn't look as though, this is about four minutes ago in injury time, didn't look like this was the man who was going to be the cup-winning hero a few minutes later, but he apparently managed to shake off just enough lactic acid to allow himself to step up, slot the winning penalty, resulting in absolute pandemonium among you and your lot, Murph. And you were there as well, Ken. What were, you, what were your guys' impressions of? There was a big build-up to this. There was a record. You were part of a record crowd of just over 37,000. Yeah, I mean, is this the biggest thing now? Is this bigger? Is the FI Cup bigger than the league now? I mean... Well, the final has always been a good occasion, but it's it's, it's never... You know, it's always... It's a it's a cup final. But yeah, 37,000 is a hell of an amount of people to turn up to watch a domestic football game when you, when you take average league crowds, for example. Yeah, I, I mean, just in terms of the profile of the occasion, there's nothing obviously really like it at the moment in Irish domestic football. Uh, I mean, the yeah, it was it was it was a sensational thing to be. I mean, the thing that was letting it down first was the, was the game. The game, you know, the game was was pretty bad. Um, there wasn't really a lot going on, um, but you know, smoke in the air, uh, like the fl- floodlights down through the smoke. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that was it was it was Murph's, Murph had a, has flare with him, I presume. <clears throat> no, no, I stopped short of uh, flare lighting. I mean, everything else. Absolutely no problem. But the flare lighting, no, I, I stopped short. This is my delicate hands. You enjoyed it, though? Oh, Kenneth uh, described it very well there. I mean, as an occasion, it was so much fun to be at. Uh, so much colour, so much... I mean, both sets of fans were brilliant. I mean, I thought that the Pats fans did actually outsing the Bulls fans quite comprehensively. <laughs> well, it seemed that way to me. It seemed that yeah. way to me because I was in the bow, I was in the Bulls end, but I was in the premium section. Yeah. I mean... You wouldn't catch me there, Owen. No. no, no, not for me. No. Wait, where were you? I was in block one hundred five, lower tier. I was, I was making a lot of noise as well as you can imagine. Uh, lower tier. Yeah. See, by the time I bought my ticket, the upper, the lower tier was all gone. So I was like, "Will I go upper tier? Nah, premium, premium all the way." Because uh, because you see, I don't get to go to these matches as a fan. You know what I mean? The mm. like the you know matches at the baby usually. So um, so I was like, well, you know, it'd be kind of interesting to see what it's like in there. And uh, as it was, actually, I went. I went for. I went to get a pint at halftime, and uh, I and I think it's. Ter- I think I don't think people should drink at football matches because it ruins the match because it just makes you want to go to to the jacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're just like, why? Why have I done this to myself? This is stupid. But also, um, it took. I I went immediately on the stroke of halftime. I returned to my seat at the sixty minute mark, so I can't tell you what happened between minutes 45 to 60 of the game. I know that there was a couple of oohs and ahs from the crowd that I could see. I mean, it, it was at that point where, you you know, you're just like, well, I mean, I, I've wasted so much time in this queue now. I have to I, I have mm. to see it through to the end. I can't go back empty-handed now. You know what I mean? So that I that to me didn't feel premium. It didn't feel... No, it, it's not a premium experience. That, that, was not, <laughs> that was not premium. But, you know, it was my own fault, I suppose, for, for maybe not bringing my own drink. Uh, to the game, not allowed. I don't think, Ed. But I mean, I suppose. If well, no, I checked types. my bag, so you know. I mean, uh, maybe, maybe <laughs> that was maybe that was where maybe that was where I went. Maybe more seasoned uh, premium matchgoers uh, are aware mm. that you bring a bag of bag of booze to the game. Yeah, I drink. Uh, maybe that's how it works. That's how people make it work. I don't know. But uh, that aside, uh, it was an immensely enjoyable experience, which I look forward to talking about in even more detail with David Snade and. Kevin Brannigan. Indeed, Ken. Nice tea up there. It is the Snade and Brano show today. Kevin Brannigan, of course, Bose fan, 
journalist and filmmaker, and David Snade, who wrote an absolute beaut of a build-up piece for the 42 during the week. He met up with the Bowes captain, Keith Buckley, and St. Pat's, well, what turned out to be St. Pat's goal scorer, Chris Forrester, scored a wonder goal, actually missed one of the penalties, but it didn't matter in the end. The two lads took him on a tour of where they both grew up on either side of the Liffey, and you just end up getting a real feel for who they are, where they came from. Not to mention some of the other characters who randomly pop up, like Buckley's uncle Mick and his dad at one stage, a, a, a lad called Evan, a referee. There's just loads of amazing stuff going on. We highly recommend reading that one, even after the event. I'm sure you will enjoy it. Got a huge week coming up in the World Service. Premier League matches right through the week. Our members will hear all that coverage. One of the highlights of the year, Murph, second captain's Christmas sports book show with Sinead O'Carroll and Malachi Clerkin. I know that's one of your favourites. Oh, yes, indeed, Owen. And do you think a little bit of spinal fusion surgery is going to stop Richie Sadler returning with the player's chair? Richie recorded... uh, Well, yes, it will stop him. So he's recorded it before before going under the knife. He recorded a brilliant interview with Keith Earls. Uh, There's also some pretty hardcore commitment from Sinead O'Carroll, we should mention, to the sports book slot. You'll hear all about that later on in the week. Secondcaptains.com is the place to join. Five euro a month plus a little bit of VAT, depending where in the world you're living. Ken, please report on sport. Well, you, you mentioned there of, uh, of Richie having recorded um, his his thing, mm. so so it may be going out even as the knife slices into his spine. I mean, this I is know. true. This I don't is know. Can we stop mentioning the word knife? I look, mean, uh, I'm sure it's a very benign procedure where his a, spine a lot of these is things. opened up, and <laughs> twiddled with, and screws welded together. I mean, it could be. I mean, it's it's actually quite a beautiful thing. So there's no need for us to further dramatize the extreme trauma. Uh, which Richie's body will soon undergo. <laughs> it, it reminds me of uh, the the irate tweet that was posted by uh, Mike Parry. Um, you know Mike Parry, who uh, I think he's probably most famous for, I think he's some kind of radio personality in the UK, but he's most famous for like um, the Cinnamon Challenge clip that he does. You know, he's this guy with a sort of a goatee beard. And you know the Cinnamon Challenge that was like a viral thing that people used to do a few years no, ago. No, actually, Owen. Uh, Ken, I'm not familiar. No. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. I am serious. I'm serious. I've never been more serious, Ken. <laughs> really? Okay, well, I mean, you know cinnamon, the um, the spice. Yeah, listen. Well, have you ever eaten a teaspoon, a heaped teaspoon of cinnamon? No. Well, do you, do you have cinnamon in your kitchen? Because this could be good, actually. Um this could work in audio. No, I don't have any. You know what? I, I, there is some cinnamon sugar that I often put on no, no, my morning bagel, but I that's that has actually run out. It has and to I, be. I, yeah, it I'm has sorry. to be. It has to be pure cinnamon. Look, okay, yeah. maybe maybe it is for the best. Such uh, a shame. Um, but so so what you do? What's involved in cinnamon challenge? I mean, I can't believe that I'm, I'm having to explain this. I I thought everybody knew this, but you um, put in a, a spoonful. You you eat essentially a heaped teaspoon of cinnamon and what ensues is hilarity Uh, (laughs) when i say eat what i mean is you put it in your mouth because it turns out that cinnamon is of a particular texture that just is intensely irritating to i guess your the the mucosa or whatever the the lining is of your mouth and uh and throat it's just very uh fine and sort of coats the lining in a way which is intensely irritating such, so that, such that what happens is like reflexive coughing and spluttering resulting in you know volcanic uh, plumes of cinnamon uh you know shooting from your from your mouth to cinnamon everywhere mixing with your tears coating every surface um it's a real mess 
is what I'm saying. <laughs> and it's what Mike Parry is most famous for. For for this, what a legacy to have. Well, it's like never the, be able to take that away from him because because he because he adopts it with a particularly kind of uh, heroic. Uh, skepticism about like well obviously you know there's a lot of soft uh, individuals out there yeah but you know he does it with a sort of a brash confidence which is very quickly undercut by the disastrous scenes <laughs> okay anyway yeah. um, okay mike barry but what do you got for his on mike barry ju- he just tweeted uh, this is just in relation to to richie <laughs> Uh, who obviously is has, is playing with t- the Time Lord uh, Sadler is playing with time, even as he is you know obviously undergoing this uh, bone welding. Uh, he will he, he could be talking to Keith Earls at the same time. Yeah, because he's uh, Mike Parry says, "Have I accidentally been eating magic mushrooms?" This is uh, November twenty eighth, so yesterday three ten p.m. Or is this really at Everton Centre Forward, at Calvert Lewin 14, advertising a shaver on TV at halftime of the live coverage of our game as Everton are losing 1 0? He's too injured to play, but fit enough to be in an advert. I despair. <laughs> I, I despair. And then he uses the emoji where, with the with the narrowed eyes and the and the sort of flat mouth. Almost looks mm. as though he almost looks as though just in the in this microsecond before a cinnamon explosion <laughs> plumes forth uh you know you've you've been trying to hold it in but you finally your reflexes have just taken over and so that's mm. i mean i i feel as though um i think my is a radio guy there must have been some pre-records involved but you know you can it turns out you can actually <laughs> record stuff not everything goes out live like a 1950s <laughs> soap opera you know so calvert lewin actually wasn't literally doing this um, but yes, it was it was him. Uh, it was Calvert Lewin who who um, he was uh, obviously. Do my so. eyes deceive me? No, <laughs> my <laughs> my <laughs> eyes. Am I on magic mushrooms? No, it's it's pre recorded. Uh, Albert, uh, you got it. You got it. You know, you do have to spare it off for the Everton fans. So they've got a Merseyside derby this week, and they're not exactly going into it all guns blazing. So emotions are heightened around Goodison. Well, it's not looking good, Alan. It's not looking good. And, and uh, you know, Richard Keyes has already done his victory lap. Agent Rafa is his blog uh, today. Uh, he's talking uh, about Rafael Benitez. Of course, no one is really suggesting that Benitez is running Heverton into the ground on purpose. But this is the blog I knew I'd be writing sooner or later. And it certainly isn't a self-congratulatory, I told you so. <laughs> Benitez should never have been given the Heverton job. Heverton, he's writing Heverton, H apostrophe. That's the way, is that the way Rafa says it? I guess, it, apparently, yeah. I guess apparently it is. I mean, uh, is, does he say Heverton? Um, Benitez has got a small army of friends in the press, the odd former player who's managed to con for years, etc., uh, etc. Et okay, you know... Benitez are on a bad, uh, Everton are on a bad run. A um, couple of injuries, not least to Calvert Lewin, have have uh, have uh, you know hit them hit them hard. I think, uh, and then the Merseyside derby is obviously very badly timed, or maybe well timed. I mean, a heroic showing in that uh, could turn it around. But to be honest, I don't know if you've seen the video of the of the Everton fans. This is after they lost to Brentford and they lost mm. with a penalty, and they they had they had a penalty not given to them which maybe could have changed things but the the fans in the <laughs> Everton fans as the Everton players came over at the end of the game to you know applaud their supporters and thank them for the support uh, Hey Jude which is Brentford's end of match music is playing that wonderful uh, Beatles I, I don't know if you've been watching the Beatles thing no, I've seen, uh, not seen yet. the buzz alright haven't seen it yet. not yet Ken but 
Maybe later. Maybe later today. Today could be the day. Yeah, I was watching a bit of it on on Saturday, and uh, I was a bit uh, I was a bit tired, and I mean I was really tired, and I thought this is so boring. I can't. What is this all about? But I've actually watched a couple of clips since then, and I think I'm going to go back and have to. I'm going to have to go back and watch a bit more. I'm sorry, but the clips have just got me interested. Did, have you seen the clip of of Paul McCartney, like writing can "Get Back Out of Nowhere"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty. That's amazing. pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. I was like, Listen, okay, well, that's Ken, good. I think even by the standard of Ken Early Tangents, this show so far has just been good. No. Yeah. Ta- it's been, been waiting a believable tangent. People have been waiting a week to get to get Ken's football thoughts, and here we are talking about. But, but hey, get Jude, back by the hey, Jude yeah. is playing. Uh, you know, it's like don't make it bad. You know, take. Uh, you don't don't feel so bad about things, Jude. It's gonna be it's gonna be all right. Yeah. Um, and and as 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 this is blaring out, the air, all you can see is all these silhouetted hands making the two fingered salute uh, <laughs> to, the, to the Everton players, and you can hear faintly the screams of boo boo and you know you fucking swat and uh, <laughs> and so on and so forth. So uh, it's all cooking up nicely ahead of this week's Merseyside Derby. The the um, Liverpool, meanwhile, I mean, obviously Liverpool had a part to play in the um, in the FAI Cup final as well. Go on, uh, because Vitislav Yaros, the Pats goalkeeper, oh, yeah. is another one of these like goalkeepers that Liverpool just have. Liverpool can't find a room in the club for all the great goalkeepers <laughs> they've got. And uh, I mean, Yaros was—I don't know who actually who was the man of the match in the game. I'm not sure because I was was at the game. But Yaros struck me as like as good a contender as anyone because he made some amazing saves uh, when it looked like Bows were going to win it late, and then in the in the penalty shootout was swaggering around. Um, arrogantly drinking from his water bottle and ignoring the Bose penalty taker who was forced to wait. Uh, he was forced to wait for him then to assume the position and then uh, blast the ball, knock the ball uh, wide or It over. was Lee Desmond, by the way, for Pats who got man of the match. Lee Desmond. Well done to Lee Desmond. Um, but uh, uh, I'm going to let you finish. But for me, Yaros, <laughs> uh, Yaros had the best uh, FAI Cup file. But look... Um, they had Liverpool currently have Allison, obviously Allison Becker, um, and they won four 0 uh, on the weekend. And Allison Becker had to be at his best on to uh, to ensure the points went to Merseyside <laughs> because the points stayed on Merseyside. The match was on Merseyside. Uh, it's kind of rare that you you would see a game that finishes four 0 to one side, and yet the goalkeeper for the for the nil side or the side that that won four 0 has made so many amazing saves. Or has had to has had to be there in so many big moments for his team, um, so you know it's like Liverpool are, are scoring so many goals, um, but also letting in quite or, or not letting in a lot, but looking as though they could let in a lot. Letting in a lot of, of xG. Being, yeah, well, I don't know exactly. I, I should check their xG to see if that's to see if that's really true. Do you want me to do that now? Go for it, Ken. Go for it. He really has been going on a lot of tangents today, though, hasn't he? Well, look, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to keep the conversation away from the inevitable destination that people have been complaining about. Yeah, yeah no, that, it's already, that it's already right. hit early on. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right, Ken. Fair yeah, no, um, we'll talk among ourselves while you're finding this XG. No, they, you know, they, they, the XG yesterday was only one, but, you know, uh, won 1.2 the previous game against Porto. I mean, they won that game, but they lost the XG. You know what I mean? So there's a, there's a couple of little signs there. But um, when Alisson is, is playing well, I mean, that's why you have goalkeeper. Isn't it? But I do think that that the team. I mean, they're scoring tons of goals. I mean, this is the highest scoring they've been the, under Jurgen Klopp. I mean, in in terms of their goal scoring form, but it's usually you, you usually don't 
win the league when you let in two goals a lot of the time. And they've done that against uh, West Ham, three goals, uh, Brighton, Atletico, uh, Man City, Brentford, three goals, and Milan. You know what I mean? That's kind of, that's yeah. not a good sign. Anyway, uh, so that 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 is a big one to look forward to this midweek. Obviously, there's, there's a bunch of, oh, and I think um, I, I saw you mention on a, a couple of occasions that you have got some matches coming up. Are you, are, are you yeah, I was going to say, where can you see the Mersey? Are you I, on I, every I night? This, are you working every every night this week? Yeah. Yeah, oh, unbelievable. What a dynamo. You see, how, many, how many times were you forced to mention that uh, the Merseyside Derby was on Premier Sports World? It was on a number of occasions. But you see, you got you to remember, if not everyone's as committed as you and Ken are to the cause, you might not necessarily be watching the whole game. People might just be tuning in post-match or just... Mm. I don't know why specifically you would tune in post match, you know, but you might just happen upon the coverage at some stage. So you've got to keep, keep the mentions going. So, yeah, all 10 games live. Not starting... Sports. Sorry, are, you, are you doing Newcastle Norwich? Or is that uh, Norwich yeah. Newcastle? Interesting, isn't it? But you see, it's, does it's, everyone does everyone want Newcastle to get relegated? Um, yeah, most people, I would say, yeah. It's it's interesting. I can't really remember that situation. It before. would be funny just to see the whole thing. I mean, it would maybe only be a bit of a delay. But the problem is, if they get relegated, how do they then attract the players that are going to with get money ultimately mm. into the Champions League? Yeah, with so, money, I suppose that's a pretty obvious. They answer. simply offer money to the players, and the players go, "Yes, that's yes, that is amazing." How, yeah, how it let works. Me go. <laughs> Owen, yeah. Owen, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me, I have to stop uh, the recording right now at this juncture to announce officially that Manchester United, their official Twitter account, has officially welcomed Ralph Ranick to Manchester United Football Club. Well, well, you just... sorry, I sorry, I, I mean, I, I know I might have interrupted your flow there, Ken, but I thought it extremely important that we bring that news to the to the people. Well, look, I suppose at some point we were going to end up having to talk about what was the 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 big uh, English game yesterday. Um, obviously. Kieran, about yourself and myself, didn't see this one live because we were watching, uh, we were watching an actual game. Yeah, real football. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did watch it later on. To be honest, I fast forwarded a bit over the first half because because all I saw was people going, oh "My God, this first half is an absolute dog of a game. I can't bear it. I can't bear it. I can't bear what <laughs> what these teams are doing to us." And so, I, but I did watch the uh, second half, which was interesting. And uh, some of the reaction, as we've as we've already mentioned, uh, actually the reaction. To be fair, like I mean, I saw a bit of it on, on match today as well, and I thought the discussion was just so ridiculous. Like, you know, um, they're talking about like how how can they be so much more organised? You know, since since Rangnick has come in, and there was this whole idea that Rangnick is now controlling the team from afar, which Gary Neville had suggested because because the team had you know looked different to what they'd done. Uh, in the previous match, uh, in well, Ronaldo, Ronaldo had been dropped, and they were pressing more, running more. Basically, that was pressing more. Where did where did this idea that they're pressing more come from? Like, where where did, where, where where were people getting that? Like, it was such nonsense. How can they be so much better organized? They were asking two words: Timo Werner. Right, Timo Werner uh, missed chances. Rudiger, Rudiger's miss at the end, unbelievable. Chelsea had the chances to win the game three times over. It was United's third worst xG against performance of the season behind the Liverpool game and the Leicester game right so you know they've 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 played like 19 that's in the league and Champions League 19 games and this was the third worst there wasn't really any sign of great organization what happened was that Jorginho lost the ball in the floodlight and miscon- miscontrolled it and Sancho was Sancho was really quick and onto him you know Sancho a player who maybe wouldn't have been playing um or you know it's 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 funny that he scored two goals in the two matches since 
since Solskjaer has has left. As, as Rashford is, charges along offside all the while in, in front of him. Was he offside? <laughs> he, you know. he was definitely off. He definitely ran ahead of him. I'm like, Rashford, calm down. This is, you're kind of ruining the... the it's okay to he, be ahead of, of Sancho, though, as long as he's behind the ball. No, right? no, no. Ahead of the ball. Ahead of, ahead, well, like, yeah, ahead of the ball. I mean, the ball was glued to Sancho's foot. Yeah, and I, I thought he was so and it didn't really matter because Sancho did the little shimmy so even if, if it was effectively turned into a one-on-one <laughs> he still finished it pretty well yeah I mean he it was it was a great finish actually I, I still I had to watch it loads of times what did, what exactly has he done there you know he, he does this little sort of twisty motion I, I don't even I don't even know how to describe it it was like it, it's like he started doing a step over and turned it into a little wobbly legs and sort of I don't know it was it was um, it was a nice little move uh, but look United were wiped again. And this was part of what Keane pointed out after Carrick's interview. With through narrowed eyes, he just like shot down everything Carrick had said. Uh, you know, of course it was a penalty. <laughs> We've all seen it. Or, or you know, they got Carrick had complained. People go on about that. There's, there's a lot made of the pressing. We've all seen the stats. They're bottom of the league. Um, but people, for some reason, were saying, "Oh, Ralph Rangnick. You know, he's his influence is already there." And well, I mean. Even, this was even put to Thomas Tuchel, who, who played for Ralph. I knew Ralph Rangnick. I played for Ralph Rangnick. Ralph Rangnick was a friend of mine. And uh, this was put to him on Sky uh, afterwards. What, what was the clip? Let's play the clip. Did you feel at any point this afternoon like you were facing a Ralph Rangnick team? Like, I know he wasn't in the dugout, but did you look at certain things and, and think, this is, no. this is Rangnick? No. Not at all. <laughs> but fine, no. And I just wish there was a way also of, of making you see the smile, the smirk on Thomas Tuchel's <laughs> face as he says that. It's just like, no, nothing. Nah, they, they were no good. Well, you know, it just reminds me, it's like that, it's like in Hamlet, you know, do, you know there's a bit when Hamlet is winding up Polonius, who is, who is like a, uh, who's like this pompous old pundit figure. And it's like, you know, and he says, do you see yonder cloud that's almost in shape of a camel? By the mass, and tis like a camel indeed. Methinks it is like a weasel. It is backed like a weasel. Or like a whale. Very like a whale. You know, so I mean, this guy will say literally anything that's suggested to him. Like, you know, he can, whatever, you know, Hamlet suggests might, he can, oh, he'd be like, oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Since it's Rangnick, like, the guy hasn't, hasn't taken a training session. And supposedly, like, already by some telepathy, the players have, have begun to internalize his, like, nonsense anyway uh they, they didn't even they didn't even do the thing they were supposed they were supposedly doing i mean he just picked a team like he dropped ronaldo because quite rationally and i don't think you have to be like you know the reinventor of i don't think you have to have reinvented german football you know 20 years ago to to see that ronaldo was a bit of a luxury player and if you're playing against a, a team like chelsea if you're playing away to a team like chelsea who are you know a top team that maybe you can't afford to carry a player who's not going to run. I mean, we've seen we've seen Ronaldo in in these games. You know, we've seen him against Liverpool. We've seen him against Man City. He doesn't get a kick. Uh, sorry, he did get one kick against Man City. I can remember the ball. A, a chance came to him from the left, and he hit it. And you know, it was too close to the goalkeeper. And I can't remember. He had a, oh, he had he also kicked Curtis Jones, right? That they're they're the two kicks I can remember from Ronaldo's games against Liverpool and Man City. And otherwise, he's just a you. You're playing a man down. Yeah. So Carrick just decided, okay, maybe maybe this isn't the game for that. I'll go with some more mobile uh, forwards. And in the event, that's where the goal came from. Um, but it wasn't as though this was a big um, change of approach. 
Uh, I mean, that hasn't happened yet. I mean, you know, Klopp, I saw a saying about, about Rangnick, um, you know, unfortunate, bad news for other teams because they've got to, they'll be organized on the pitch now, which seemed a bit, <laughs> a bit harsh on, uh, well, I mean, harsh but fair. Um, but he said he, he'll find very quickly he doesn't have any time to train them because they just play all the time. So there isn't actually any time to do any coaching here. So, so it'll be interesting to see how he, how he handles that. So I don't know what, I mean, Tuchel's response in this situation was to focus on sorting out the defence. Well, I mean, the situation when he came in. Yeah, and this is the point that's been made a bit over the last few days, that Tuchel shows you actually can do it. You actually can make quite a difference in quite a short space of time. Yes. Well, you can. I mean, you need to have good players, and maybe Tuchel's players were better, and maybe uh, Tuchel's, I mean, you know... I think I think Tuchel probably had better players on at, at his disposal, but again, I think Manchester United have got a lot of good players, and it's about seeing the potential in players that the previous manager didn't see. I mean, remember that Chelsea, when Tuchel took over, went from being like a comedy defense, like Lamp- Lampard's Chelsea, couldn't were hopeless defensively. You know what I mean? They were just they were absolutely all over the place. They were the, the great Franks entertainers, entertaining for every other for every other. Um, club you know what i mean because it's like you these guys and then they go from from that to being a team that has conceded fewer goals i saw a stat that the chelsea in the first 50 games under tuchel have conceded fewer goals than any man any team in the first 50 games under a new manager in the history of english football right that's going back a long way yeah so that's a phenomenal defensive record built on just the absolute like you know the the circus troupe uh, stuff that was going on under uh, under Lampard. To okay, now is the, the the other the other feature of Tuchel's Chelsea is they're not they don't score that much, and certainly the last season they didn't score that much. They've been a bit better this season, but you know attacking has been an issue. You you saw in the game uh, yesterday that the, the two top scorers of Serie A started that game last season. That is started this game on the bench. You know Lukaku and Ronaldo both sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> like what do you have to do to get a game? You know, okay, maybe Lukaku's coming back from, from, uh, you know, he, he's recovering full fitness and so on. But like it, things have been going pretty badly for him. I mean, people talk about the Bundesliga discount, you know, and how much you have to sort of, you know, uh, how much you have to sort of delete or, or from your expectation of a player's performance based on what they did in the Bundesliga. When they, but like the Serie, I don't know where the Serie A discount is now. But literally, the two top scorers are sitting on a bench, which is pretty amazing. Um, but this has been a problem for Chelsea so far. It's one that you, you imagine Tuchel will eventually be able to, to sort out. But the first thing that he did was sort the defense. Yeah. And I would suggest that's where Rangnick needs to start. And it's not really what Rangnick's teams have been have been um, known for. You know, in a sense, they have been more they've been more these uh, hard running, attacking, chasing teams. Um, uh, but that, that's one way of sorting your defense, though, isn't it? You know, if you sort your pressing and sort your sort your attack through that way yeah then that has the knock-on effect of helping out your defenders considerably if if they're not if the other team aren't getting free reign to just lob balls where they want at your back four or back five yeah lampert had lampert had also just completely jettisoned like one of the best defenders in the world as well in rudiger he just didn't play him oh and don't forget he 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 was leaving us pelicueta out of games as well you know and there was Jorginho, you know Mm. uefa midfielder of the year or whatever was getting left out of games at the start of the year by by Lampard but 
Uh, so, so, but you know, I think I think it's there a potpourri. is there is that there there is, there is that common factor of coming in and things can't really get any worse. You know, they were looking at the statistics and Sky, or they showed you know, rang this last season with Leipzig in 2018-19. You know, they were basically leading the league, leading the Bundesliga in all of the categories that United now are like you know, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th. You know, presses and you know, attacking third wins and goals conceded you know simple statistics like that um so the the evidence there's lots of room for improvement but i think the biggest room for improvement is defensively the other thing though is like ronaldo can't really is not going to be a part of this is he like how can he be like you know i don't know how he deals with that though that's the big question well you know it is that's that is that is the big question because i mean that's but it's a political problem it's not it's not a tactical problem i mean tactically there is no discussion there it's like, well, look, this guy was a great player once, but like, so was Roy Keane. That doesn't mean I'm going to ask him to come down. You know, like Keane, Keane's argument with Carragher is one of the most nonsensical things I've ever seen. Like, they, 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 this was the, the the argument that that where the pitch kept going up, and it was everyone was and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was sitting in the middle, uh, beaming, uh, <laughs> and everyone was delighted. It, it was the uh, box you know, office. A world watched in delight as they went at it, and the best part of it was Keane going. Did you win the FA Cup? <laughs> Which is just such classic Kane. It's got nothing to do with the argument, but it's he's just slid the stiletto between Carragher's ribs. Without well, he's, he slipped it in there because Carragher, Carragher was saying, if you haven't bought him to win the league, then what's the point? What? Why have you what's brought him in? For? And Kane said, well, to win cups, to win trophies, like the FA Cup. You won the FA Cup, didn't you? Did, did, did you win you the win FA Cup? The FA did you feel Cup? great about that? Yeah, of course yeah, you did, because it's yeah. all you won. You know, it's, all, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no Premier League title in your back pocket. I did think that was quite quite no I mean but right it's there. just it's just such classic keen like just to just mm. to come out with lose that lose like, an argument lose an argument on every metric well, and also, yet still have the kind of like the the, the, other guys the most sound biteable moment of it all his yeah. comparison with um, Ian Rush was a strange one to use as well was Ian Rush not actually quite a a good worker up front. Well, he was, was part of he the was famous for this, goals and also pressed quite quite hard as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the first defender. You know, this was like his his big um, his big uh, w- one of his big selling points was you know he, how hard he chased. You know, how, and here's a player who scores a lot, but also runs relentlessly. Um, and he, you know, so Keane, Keane was just hopelessly Keane. But again, Keane was in the position of defending his his own failed prediction that you know Ronaldo would be a great signing, and uh, like he's not. He's, it's been a disaster. You know, Ronaldo scored like well, that's 10, been a disaster. He scored a oh, ton it's been, of goals. Oh, and it's been a disaster. Well, it's well, they, 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 they probably be in the oh, Champions it's League. It's cost the manager. It's cost the manager his, his job. Yeah, they'd probably be out of the Champions League without him. They've had so to I turn. Think, I don't think you can call it a disaster. They, they, they'd probably be out of the Champions League without him. Why? Why are we saying this? They would, why would they be out of the Champions League without? Because he him? scored a number of late goals to rescue them from dire situations. But uh, but I contend that if they hadn't signed Ronaldo, they'd be in a much better place overall this season than the situ- the, the kind of hysterical um, the, the disaster situation that they find that they have found themselves dragged into well it's a hypothetical because we, we all know Solskjaer wasn't a brilliant manager it, no it, the wheels could have fallen off anyway regardless of Ronaldo being there I know they were okay last season but well, there's, the, nothing, there's nothing the to suggest Harry that Maguire, the Harry yeah, Maguire, Maguire thing like, you know again this is where we are repeating an argument we had about three weeks ago but yeah yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just, to, just to throw it in there to call it a disaster I think oh is, he's been a, it's been uh, a disaster it's been a disaster it's, it has been a, it has been a disaster I, I, I disagree it's, it's a, it the pitch of my voice low enough it was a massive it was Owen it was a massive mistake. No, I know you're uh, sweating me up now, but... It, it was a massive mistake. And I think we can all see when we look at the results, it's been a disaster. Uh, Keane also had the line, stats are taking over the world, he says, with obvious 
frustration, although he will use them when he, when he needs to. But like, there's only one stat that matter matters on, and it actually isn't goals, as Keane suggested, but it is wins and losses. And where where are they? Are they seven defeats since Ronaldo arrived? Um, it's yeah, it's one, two, three, four, five, six wins since Ronaldo arrived. One of them being the four-one against Newcastle, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven defeats. That's a disaster. I think a disaster would be if all those things if all those things were happening and he wasn't delivering any goals. Of course, that would be a disaster. Or if it didn't look like he he was sharp up front, but he does. The way I, that I, I actually am now sounding like Roy Keane, which the is way not that my he's intention just, at the beginning he's of this thrown in a few goals, like squid ink to to billow and confuse people, is actually making it even worse. But the point about it is right. Whatever way you classify what he's been up to now, that's over. It's what is he going to be under Rangnick? And I agree that if he is the least Ralph Rangnick player. Yes. from everything we know about him that could possibly be invented current you know 36 37 year old Ronaldo is just just does not fit there now whatever bet under Solskjaer where you thought well I suppose Solskjaer doesn't really have a clue anyway so maybe he is the right manager to just throw this random player at and, and, and see what happens because that seems to be a large part of the approach but with this highly sophisticated pressing all that kind of stuff it it is now a really ridiculous situation that they've got themselves into well you know here's here Here's the thing about Rangnick. Like, he's not a guy who's going to hang around if he feels as though things aren't, um, you know, if, if he's not having things his own way. He just, he just won't do it. Like, I mean, it's not like Solskjaer, who, you know, it's not like Solskjaer has got, like, tons of options as to, as to where he's going to work if he's, if, it's, if he's not the manager of Man United. You know what I mean? Where's, where's Rangnick? I don't think he... So I think he may actually just say, look, this, this isn't going to work. You know I mean? You, you've got a guy who... It's just not. I mean, you saw you saw the Chelsea game right right at the very end. Ronaldo really got away with one at the end because Rudiger, remember Rudiger knocked on over the bar from a simple position. Why did that? Why did that chance arrive? Because Ronaldo didn't bother to to try to close down the guy with the cross. Of course, he's not like he's Ronaldo. As, as Roy Keane said, he's he's above all that. But like, you can't really afford to carry a player like that at the at the top level. I don't feel. Look, we're repeating ourselves. Aren't we? we are repeating. We are repeating ourselves. And there's going to be more time to talk about this. And who knows, if they win the Champions League, I will end up looking really stupid. And, and at the end of the day, we know that's what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Really. <laughs> He's a madman. We've met our firewolves and people, runners and all sorts. I've just had a lot of good fun. I've got a post games. It's not off the record stuff. It's on the record. It's a piece of space. You look at flares. You look at flags. You can also like, sneak your cans into the stand really easily. Come on, come on, come on, come on, now touch me, babe. We need to touch each other more. Can't you see that I am not afraid? Do you for an eighty sign? What was that promise that you made? That's what going to a football match is about. Why won't you tell me what she said? Touching other people, you're hugging other people. What was that promise that you made? We need to touch each other more. Now I'm gonna love you. After an FAI Cup final that captured the public imagination, we simply had to bring you the Snaid and Brano show today. David Snaid, how are you? Good morning, very well, very well. I'm sure you are. I mean, you are obviously an objective and fine journalist, but it's fair to say you would not be unhappy at the outcome of yesterday's Cup final. No, I was very happy. I was very happy. Um, <laughs> what you call it? Um, well, actually, it was, it, was, it, was actually, it was actually a strange one because obviously I actually had... Brano sent me a very nice message afterwards and stuff, but I did feel quite bad, obviously, for uh, for balls. Genuinely, because obviously it was on penalties as well, and it was just yeah. a bit of a sickener, and it was a tight game. And um, I know, obviously, he's, he's 
talk, you were going to mention about the, the article that I did with with with, with Keith Buckley and Chris Forrester, but yeah, kind of kind of getting doing that kind of actually did feel a little bit for for Key too. Um, but um, to be honest, I was most disappointed that I didn't get a chance to go to uh, injure car afterwards. Um, what our responsibilities <laughs> stopped me, and I know that there was uh, some uh, nice celebrations, but um, yeah, it was a uh, it was a, a nice a nice evening to be a St. Patrick's Athletic supporter. Uh, I'd say so. Kevin Brannigan, journalist, filmmaker, and occasional Bose ball boy. How are you? Um, how am I? Um, yeah, I was in Daily Mount Park till quite late last night. So I soaked in a lot of misery with a lot of other Bose fans. Uh, I walked I walked basically from Lansdowne, uh, quite a good distance from Lansdowne, nearly nearly to Daily Mount after the game. And uh, it was, yeah, like there was, there was something in it. It seemed as if the match had left a real, you know, imprint on the city. You know, when you're, you're walking back from a, like a big modern stadium after watching two League of Ireland teams play a football match and, you know, you're, you're surrounded by crowds the whole way up to... Um, up to around Trinity College, it was just a, f- a football crowd that was streaming back into the city and it was a mix of Bows and Pats fans and young and old and all that. And then I hopped to Lewis up around Broadstone only for one stop, didn't pay. Um, and that was that was full of fans as well heading back to Fisborough. So I was I was kind of like, I was like, okay, yeah, this, this is good, this is good. And, you know, filling my head with all these kind of thoughts, but then it just kept coming back to, no, we've actually lost. Um, we lost the cup final. It's really bad. And I was like trying throughout the night to be like, oh, you know, all this is a positive. That's, you know, record. Mm-hmm. And then that's, you're like, no, we, we lost the cup final. So, yeah, no, yeah, I, I feel I feel desperate. Um, I'm, I'm 33. <laughs> you know, the last time we won the cup final, I was 19. And, uh, Your words you know, you may, see- you may never, never live to see Bohemians win another FAI Cup. Uh, well, yeah, like I don't know, maybe Pat's went like what fifty years or something like that. But um, you know, you 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 can you can like pinpoint, you know, time and all this. So that that's kind of the thing that I'm going through at the minute. It's just this whole whirlwind of like, what the hell? I actually wish I had even some of those even felt emotions like that because I was obviously in the in the press box and I was walking after and it was like I think it was nearly about half nine by the time I was leaving the Aviva and. I didn't get any kind of obviously when you see the celebrations in the ground and, and stuff and then get messages from eight and they're kind of getting pictures sent through of, of where they are and you, you kind of you do feel a fair bit removed from it and that and then like by the time I was getting home before I knew it, it was in bleeding Twitter spot with bleeding Dermot Connolly so like I just had a totally bleeding different experience I was just like at home sitting sitting in my sitting room by myself just like watching TV and like it, was, it just felt so almost like not stairwell, but I just so I wish I even felt even more emotions like that. I wanted to kind of be like properly out and on a serious buzz, but it was just because of how I ended with the match and then even walking, it was just it was a bit weird. Like, head was fried as well. Yeah, well, I have to say, Dave, I went to the game yesterday as a as a fan, not working, and it's just like a million, it's like a million times better to go to a football match. As a fan, we don't have to work. I mean, I can't, I can't say how much more I enjoyed it than than a usual football match where I have to sit there afterwards thinking of things to say about it. Instead, I could just leave and well, just say what came into my head naturally. But I am surprised that you, um, I'm surprised that you, Kevin, saying that. Um, I I assume that you would come on and say all the things that you said you tried to feel but couldn't couldn't quite feel. You know, uh, so if you were back in 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 Denny Mount with all these miserable Bohemians fans, 
that is interesting to me. Like every, if every, I, I know what the what the uh, Pats fans were saying. I know what was happening in Inchicore, but you know every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. In what pre- precise particular way was the Bohemians family unhappy last night? Um, well, they were unhappy because they lost the cup final. Like <laughs> that's pretty why well, they no, were no, unhappy. No. I know but, that. I know they lost the, but that's only the fact of it. They lost the cup final for reasons. What reasons? Um, okay, well, well, you're asking my reason of why you think we lost the match. Um, like, I don't know. I, I had a, quite a good view of the game. I, I went to the game and I said I wanted to watch the game. I, I didn't want to get sucked into, you know, just screaming and shouting for the thing. I wanted, I wanted to actually watch it. Um, I, I thought it was, you know, pretty poor first half. I thought Pats had the whip hand on bows throughout. I thought they were, like, you know, holding us by the collar throughout it. Um but they mustn't have been doing that good if they only went and won us on penalties or beat us on penalties. Um, so, you know, they mustn't have been that far ahead. But, like, in Daily Mount last night, you know, people were still singing and dancing. I spent most of my time sat in the stand uh, drinking pints outside. And, yeah, there was a lot of, like, deep conversations happening around the place. Um, maybe because we all hadn't seen each other in 100 years or whatever, but... Uh, it was it was a lot deeper and a bit more soul searching than I've been around in a long time. Yeah, people were just really, really upset. And then now in the cold light of day, it's like we finished fifth in the league, and we lost the cup final, and you know we had a great summer in Europe. But the season's kind of a hard one to sum up now. You know, what's the review of it? What's the, you know, it's not good at the end of the day now, is it? You know, coming fifth in a ten-team league and losing the cup final, and you know a lot of a lot of players that were that made that starting eleven yesterday. You know how many of them are going to be playing for Bose at the start of next season? So, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm in the pits of it right now, to be honest. <laughs> David, uh, congratulations on your piece, by the way. Thought it was absolutely sensational, and we've we've already mentioned it. People should go and have a read of it if they haven't already. I was the same as you. I was, I was tr- kind of wanting both Forrester and Buckley, the two main characters in your story, to uh, to somehow both win the cup which was uh, obviously not going to happen. Um, first of all, the piece itself, how much of this was staged? I mean, how many, how how convenient for you, David, that suddenly this mad referee pops up, uh, all these characters, this uh, Uncle Mick, the, um, was, it Buck, was it Buckley's dad just cycling by? Yeah, how are you, yeah, lads? Yeah. <laughs> working, was he? <laughs> yeah, working, was he? Yeah, working, yeah. Um, no, genuinely, none, none of it was staged. Like, it took a couple of weeks, obviously, to arrange just with timings and that. But, um, uh, yeah, like literally, the only thing that was staged was meeting at the Hapley Bridge, and then after that, like, I was kind of at the window what the lads wanted to do, where we were going to go. Like, I didn't even know where we were going, really. Well, I had an idea in terms of the, roughly the areas, but yeah, yeah, like, no, none of it was, um, none of it was, um, actually like pre planned or, or, or whatever. So it was just, uh, like, even the fact that I didn't brand, like, if I had it pissed brand, like, <laughs> it would probably just ended up with a sitting inside having a coffee somewhere, maybe, or something, I don't know. So, um, yeah, it was blessed, blessed for uh, for how it turned out. Really, yeah, it was just a mad reaction. Couldn't get over it. It was deadly. Poor old Buckley couldn't couldn't get over trying to catch Forrester for the goal. I mean, it was lovely little. Just the, the whole goal was incredible. But the little shimmy at the start, the, the little touch from Forrester that kills that kills Buckley. The yeah. first touch, yeah, just just absolutely. Like, can you tell us a little bit uh, about about Forrester because he's one of these super talented guys. Every time I hear about him, it's it, 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 there's always like a caveat. It's sort of like, yeah, we've got him going now. He's he's you know he's knuckled down. There's always this sort of thing in the background. Super talented, but maybe ha- hasn't always got the best out of it. But I mean, he really turned. It on for that one. 
Ah, yeah, like, like that, like that little touch, especially at that moment in the game as well. Like, just briefly to go back about why I think that point Brandon made was was spot on about maybe Pat's having balls maybe by the collar a little bit because they did. They kind of had that little box midfield. It was interesting. They kind of had worked on it for the last like say ten days or so, and they actually were told the team quite early in the week. So like the players all had a bit of time to actually get know exactly what they were going to be doing and who was going to be playing and I think that kind of like box midfield of say um, what you call it obviously Benson and Forrest were a bit further up and then uh, Alfie Lewis which I thought was tremendous with um, Jamie Lennon at the base of it that, that it just meant that kind of Pats were able to control a lot of the ball and stuff but yeah with Forrest there um, he's one of them where like he didn't like he would have been playing obviously grown up not playing proper say structured eleven or so football until maybe the age of about fifteen or sixteen like he would have been playing he would have been playing as a banger in matches with, with his mates when he would have been a holder and stuff and um yeah I think it was Belvo Belvo was the first kind of team he properly played for eleven or so actually with with Buckley and um, when he was about sixteen and then. Obviously, went went to balls, came through at balls when obviously when balls went through their um, financial troubles and had to play a lot of young lads. See, Pat Fennell gave them a chance, and then obviously went to Pats, won the league and the cup with Pats. Just I don't, I don't know, people, I'm guessing people who'll be listening to this will obviously maybe have a grow for League of Ireland. They would have seen that goal he scored against Shamrock Rovers when he did a little. Like the little scoop when one on one and just mm. absolutely he scored like two goals in, in sort of two weeks. He scored another unbelievable. He scored a volley. There's a, there's a goal he scored. There's a goal he scored away to Drottery, Drottery United. Um, I think that would have been the same season or could have been the season after. It might have been the season actually when Pats won the, the league in 2013. Nearly from uh, Yeah, and the ball's looping, which was unreal. Like it's it's actually, I remember someone describing it. It was like a goal you might score on FIFA, but it was like, uh, Literally, the ball's like looping out of the air, coming down, and he hits it on the volley, but at the lowest point, it's like right on the ground, and then it just goes in. So, nearly at the halfway line, just absolutely incredible. But, like, he, he had all these, he would have been saying, as like, say, that flair player, maybe who would want to play through the middle, but would always be used out in the wing. Like, when Pats won the league in 2014, he would have kind of predominantly have operated off, say, the, like the left hand side, because you'd have like the likes of, say, John Russell or Killian Brennan would have been a bit more central. But then, yeah, when he got his move, he got his move obviously then to uh, to, to Peterborough after the cup final in 2014. And then he obviously started playing a bit deeper, and then he was kind of used as a six, kind of a six sitting in front of the back four and what have you, and was impressed in Peterborough. But then, like, he just it was a mix of, I'd say, I think he does strike me as just someone who loves being at home and around family and stuff. Went through, obviously, mental health issues. Don't think, obviously, maybe he would have been given, given himself the proper, even though he was playing really well and doing really well over in England, as he kind of said, said himself, he was still struggling a bit with, like, say, depression. But also, he wouldn't have been doing the stuff off the pitch that would have been needed to maybe bring him on a bit further in terms of physically and, and what have you. And then... Then obviously he had a yeah went to Aberdeen didn't walk out there for him and then he's come back and it, it took him a while like his first season back his first season back um, in the League of Ireland I'm pretty certain Harry Kenny was the manager at Pats and that's when Pats were really struggling like they were it was in a bit of a no man's land and he was he was not the forest that people would have seen I think people would have like, he is going through a serious kind of renaissance I suppose or rebirth whatever uh, under uh, O'Donnell because even speak like, lads talking after the game. It's a big issue now to see, see if O'Donnell even stays as manager. He's kind of like revitalised the club and Forrester has been central to that. But then even throughout the season, like it's not as if he's been the one who has been the constant standout. I know he's obviously nominated for PFI Player of the Year and stuff and he has he's had a really good season. But 
it can tell with the team, it's the unit that works and that's why I think he's even impressing through it is because the structures that are there around him allow him to even kind of shine a bit more and he hasn't got all that maybe focus or it's not all about him having to turn it on for, for Pats to win a game, you know, and then, yeah, I thought yesterday, I did, I did think yesterday he was very good and get the ball away a bit, but like, I thought it was just him and Alfie Lewis and Robbie Benson, Robbie Benson was just top tremendous and obviously scored the winning goal, but I just think Pats maybe lacked that little bit of a cutting edge overall maybe to win the game in normal time. I thought they even obviously had, had done it in, in extra time, and, but it's just a map in a mad way to end the weekend with the, the penalty show. And as I was saying earlier, I genuinely actually did feel a bit, because it is a sick one. Like, like, it's hard to describe. Like, I don't know, you don't really have any mad animosity towards balls. So like, you don't want, like, I don't know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's hard, like, it's hard to describe mm. kind of the feelings that are kind of... Well, if, if, if you look at Keith Ward and the fact that Ward missed the penalty and he also, he also missed that big chance in, uh, in Pauk in the dying seconds over there in Greece, which, you know, when, the more you look back at that chance, like the ball comes at him fast and it's at a tight angle and it doesn't look as open goal as it was at the time. But just like, yeah, seeing a, a guy like Ward do those two big things in one season, it's it's a killer. And, and, and genuinely, do you know what it is as well? I, just, I was only just now like, say with the Ireland team, you can feel a little bit attached to the players, even though you kind of speak to them and stuff and that. But like with a lot of League of Ireland lads, you get to know them so well because like, and you do have so much access to them. But like also, like, just, there's no... Like, oh, bullshit emotion like their, their sound and you get to do you, you kind of you do kind of build up some relationships with them yeah. all so long I, I was, I was so walking like, home so, again from uh, Lansdowne after the Ireland Portugal game and uh, I, I, I prefer to walk home so I was walking home again and I lived near Daily Mount and uh, it, was, it was quite late on in the night and I was carrying a Chinese at this stage that's how late it was and I got a beep and I turned around and this guy was like Brano, Brano, hop in and I was like oh it was James Talbot. Uh, and I actually had never spoken to James Talbot before. Um, so he gave me a lift home then. He just said he couldn't he couldn't sleep after the game or whatever. But it uh, turned out he had given about six Bows fans lifts, lifts home around the area that night. <laughs> just, just picking people up and driving them home. Just picking Bows fans up and like driving them home. Um, like this is like one, two in the morning, you know. Um, and then I was walking through the road the other day and I got another shout and it was a guy up the ladder and it was Buckley uh, painting some house, you know? So it's like, yeah, you, you, like you're, you're, you're proper attached to, to these guys. And, you know, sometimes when, when your football team loses or whatever, like, you know, as, as I'm saying, like at Ireland in the international stage or whatever, there's that feeling of disappointment because you want to just keep riding this wave of whatever tournament they're in or group stage or whatever. But yesterday it was like, it was my own disappointment, but also the disappointment for these players. And then it started like creeping into me going like, they're going to be at another team next year. You know, <laughs> you know, they, uh, I'm going to start feeling animosity towards them. But this Bows team has like, maybe it's cause it was through lockdown and, you know, getting invested with them even more, like got you through that and you were able to think of them or whatever, but like proper attachment to them because they're all so young and they've all got such deep backstories and the hard stories and all this sort of stuff that like, yeah, it's 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 a it's a real bloody killer, and and Dave even seems upset as a Pats fan <laughs> on their behalf. No, man, I'm, I'm upset that I wasn't in the Red Cow last night and or in McDell's. That's why I'm more upset because like, I feel as if I haven't been able to enjoy it properly. Like some of my mates obviously got the ball. That's why I'm more upset, <laughs> to be honest. Well, I don't, uh, I don't want to rub it in on you too much. Joy, yeah, well, I looked at a video of Brian Kerr celebrating a full time as well, so that kind of. That, that helped a little bit too. Like, you know, if, if Kerr is happy, I'm happy. <laughs> um, you mentioned, um, Kevin, a couple of times that the, you know, the team might be breaking up now. I mean, what's, I mean you said in your in your piece, Dave, that this could be um, Keith Buckley's last game, which would which would be a, a kind of 
uh, disappointing note, obviously, for him to finish on after playing so many games for Bohemians. But what do you think the story is is going to be then, Kevin? I mean, how many of these players are for how many of these players are in the same boat? Um, a lot of them. Cornwall is he going to be there? Wilson. Um, well, I didn't think should have started yesterday. Devoy, Buckley off to Australia. Tierney off to Motherwell, as we know. Burton Coote. Um, like some of these players are still signed up, but you know, if someone comes in, they're gone. Kelly is, uh, you know, what twenty goals in the league this season. So the, a lot of options there for him. Apparently, the Dundee manager was there looking at him yesterday, and you're kind of like, oh, okay, great. At Georgie Kelly. At Georgie Kelly, yeah. Well, he wasn't fit. Like he shouldn't have played yesterday. He wasn't fit. Like that's like. Well, he was fit enough to start. Yeah, I, I will. Yeah, but like, you saw him. Like he wasn't. Like he just yeah. needed. They needed him there. He was. Even think he was there in body, but not in, in spirit. Yeah. But like, but even you mentioned there about Tony Wilson. Like, he only played because Anto Breslin is going to Pats as well. Like Breslin should have yeah. played left back, and then he's going to Pats. So. Um, you think that was the that was the reason for his selection issue because he's because he's going to Pats next season? I, I don't know. Like I think, well, Breslin has been playing, hasn't he? Breslin's yeah. been yeah. more first choice, so like it's like logical. Maybe that, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but like yeah, yeah. But I I think it does it does feel like an end of an era. Uh, and you're, I'm also when I'm saying that I'm thinking like when did this era begin? <laughs> <laughs> so what's how is it the end? But it does seem like it's a, it's an end of of this of this uh, uh, eleven group of players. Um, and I say eleven because there's not a lot of strength and depth there. You know, there's two or three other players outside of the starting eleven. Um, so I'm just thinking of Keith Long going again next season. Like the first eight games of this season were a disaster. Uh, Devoy, Tierney weren't even playing. Like we, it's, it seems incredible that these like Irish under twenty ones and lads now are getting moves abroad, weren't even it, it really in the mix at the start of the season, and it, it took that long to get going. And it's just like imagine being Keith Long this morning, being like, right, I have to. I'm going to lose a big chunk of his players and I have to get going again. I have to motor again. And you look at next season and next season seems to be up and flying already. Like apparently Damien Dove's doing a gym session today with his players. But like <laughs> De- Derry, Derry, Derry are going to take off. Um, you know, Rovers are going to be Rovers. Pats are now a force. They might lose O'Donnell to Dundalk and does that stabilise Dundalk and bring Dundalk back into the mix? Um, so it, it just gets harder again next season for Bows um, to get right back in the mix again, you know? So... I don't know. Mm. They, but that's, yeah, but you mentioned it, sorry, yeah, but then Pats are in the same boat a little bit now, trying to keep on, keep hold of O'Donnell and it's quite telling how the players, like, like Lee, Lee Desmond spoke quite quite openly about how he, and, and solidly in Birmingham, about how he's totally revitalised the club and, and changed things and like some of the other players telling the younger lads coming through now, like you have to, you have to actually enjoy this while it's here because it hasn't always been like this at Pats, you know, and like, that's another thing now where like, some of the senior players at Pats Probably waiting to see what O'Donnell does before they commit their futures too. Yeah, but su- but such such a young league and such a young team. Two teams yesterday, like twelve of the twenty two were under twenty three, like you know, um, which is which which is great. Um, but these these players these players are gonna are gonna are gonna fly the nest from bows and fertilize other teams. Um, and you, you just wonder where the production line is coming through after that. David, I made the point earlier that uh, Robbie Benson didn't exactly look like he was going to be the match-winning hero with about five minutes to go when he was sprawled on the turf getting his cramp. Not the only player to be to go to go down, down with cramp. And then he ends up scoring the winning penalty. I just thought it was there was such a big build-up to this one. There's There was your article, there's a lot of good stuff written. There seemed to be a lot of interest, a huge crowd. And then the match itself was drab enough, to be honest, for 90 minutes. But there's always that hope when it goes extra time that you can reboot and that finally everyone will be so absolutely exhausted that maybe spaces will start opening up. And it happened, in fairness, um, you know, 
really for the for the entirety of extra time it was super exciting and then for Benson to haul himself up off the turf and take a really nice penalty was some way to cap it off yeah and no, I was it, it was like I wasn't I think he I wasn't I wasn't expecting him to maybe take one because I remember he, he he missed one for he missed one in was it the League Cup or one of those cups and he tried to do this the kind of the penalty that Ronald Cockney did the little kind of Storing shimmy and uh, rolling it in, um, and he's lost a couple. Of, he's lost a couple of penalty shields with with, with Dundalk too, um, in in cup finals as well, and won an extra time. Um, I think he was the one who actually was offering a fair bit of penetration in the ninety minutes, and then obviously Forrest was the one who, who got the goal. But like Benson's been such an important figure for Pats as well, coming in from obviously Dundalk. It was a bit of a surprise the fact that Pats were able to get him because obviously. He would have been one of the main men for uh, for the dark. He obviously would maybe struggle with injuries and would have had had those issues. But he took his penalty really well. He's just like in that European run in twenty sixteen. Um, obviously he scored the famous goal as well against Patty Borisov. Uh, what you call it in the Champions League qualifier, which basically confirmed your Europa, Europa League. But he. Uh, yeah, he's just—he's a strange. He's just quite. He's, he's, I think he's actually a genius, isn't he? I think he got like he's like an. He wasn't he like got the maximum amount of points you could get in the leaving cert, and then was like studying. What was he studying to be like an actuary or something in uh, in UCD? I don't know. I think I thought he had, have, but like yeah, like he's a real kind of like smart fella, and he's just a great fella to watch him. And, and like for for Pat's, if he's able to hang around and stay fit, and then you kind of see him and Forrester maybe linking a bit more and if O'Donnell stays in charge and gets even more out of more out of that partnership because like Brandon's right you mentioned that about how it is there's so many young lads coming through but you still need those you still need fellas who've been around and, and done it and, and can lead not just by how they act around the place and the kind of the standards they set but just how they can still deliver, deliver on the pitch and just manage stuff as well because yeah, there was there was like lads cramping like both fellas cramping after about sixty minutes in the game, which I thought was quite strange. And then, well, Benson had it in him to actually keep on going and yeah, stuck that penalty away. It was a great penalty. You're bang on six hundred points in his leaving cert, a master's degree in actuarial science, David. So good, uh, good, good background there. Can I ask you just about the uh, one dark spot on proceedings? And that was the events around Irish Town yesterday um, and the the violence. Did that has that put a bit of a dampener on things? Well, yeah, because like. Like it's discussing like, and it was quite very surprising as well because like, again like we could be totally wrong on this but pats and balls like there's obviously an edge when the games are around but very rarely would have would seem would see much kind of aggro around those games it's obviously yeah, yeah, it is I, more so rovers like that's I genuinely wouldn't see it like and even around the ground like obviously I, got, I was getting the video sent through like I got the dart in around and there was like fans kind of at Connolly together and there was no trouble Yes, and you got it, and hopefully the people who the culprits are are uh, are, are found out, and obviously, are, you know, whatever has to has to happen punishment wise with the with, with the guardian and that because it's just disgusting. And even the video you see, like you see, like it's just obviously it's you know what it is as well. What makes it even that makes it worse, but make even Saturday is it's one group going to another group who actually have no interest in, in wanting to fight. Like you know what I mean? Like you see one lad and he's only a young lad and he's kind of like totally shocked by what's happened and he's putting his hands out to say like, what the fuck's going on here or whatever and he still gets a hiding you know and yeah it's just I was like doesn't it? there is no way around that leaving one, one of my mates was, was going in with his kids and kind of they got caught up in it a little bit from the, from across the road and like yeah like, they would have been quite upset about it as well and it's 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 and like 
you can't you can't gloss over that. You shouldn't gloss over it. And it's it is it was one part of the, the day that will will cast a bit of a shadow. But overall, like you see in that in that stadium that was there, there was there was obviously other than flares getting thrown out and all the rest of it. There was no there was no trouble in the stadium or around. It was just that one bit of absolute kind of madness that hopefully. It's really again. I'm not just saying it because obviously League of Ireland person, but like it is rare. You don't get it. You really don't. Like it's not something that's a regular occurrence every at games, especially in between pats and balls. Shame to get it then, Brano, on such a big day, though, right? Oh, it's yeah, really bad. It's like um, like a long hangover from the eighties or something like that. You know, like lads still trapped in the twentieth century, but it doesn't do anyone any favours like I remember a couple of years ago Brian Kerr spoke out against um, the amount of riot fans and Gardaí in like you know full battle uniform with dogs after a Bose Pats game that was on a uh, on a Monday night and I remember Brian wrote a piece in one of the papers just being like what what is this about this puts families off going to it just seeing this the flashing lights the dogs the riot shields and stuff like that and now all the guards have to do is just to point to this and be like that's why we have to be there like this and you know um, you sort your house out before we before we like you know make the aesthetics a little bit more pleasing. Um, yeah, I just hope the lads that were involved in that yesterday can you know find a new path in life that and and and, and see that the like you know happiness isn't going to come from 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 that. Like you know it was, it was disappointing. But another disappointing aspect was that my mom rang me up um, and and was kind of giving out to me, asking me, was I there? My dad, that's actually my dad, my dad. My dad messaged me as well. He brought me. He brought me nephew into the match, and uh, he was he was he was going absolutely mad at that as well. He didn't, obviously, looked they were they were caught up in it. But yeah, my dad was, I was similar as well. He was like just coming coming it over. And he's from Broadstone. It's actually guys like he be and my dad would, be, would actually have a bit more, maybe a bit more of a grow for for balls than he would for for Pat's. Even though growing up. You would have brought me to Richmond Park. It was, it was quite weird. Like it's quite strange. With me. But you, you can see why you can see where people are worried for for you know loved ones at the match. If they see something something like that, yeah, I know it's just yeah. it was like it seemed to be you know it's a, it's, isolated it's, enough. It's, but it, hap- it happened, and if you end up getting caught up in that, you you know yeah. After yeah. listen, like, that's the thing. It, it, don't get me wrong. Like it is, it's, it's it, it isn't right, and you would hope that they're caught. And it's, it's easy to, to dismiss this as ah, it's just a lot of young fellas who like to stitch on stone and badges onto their like jumpers from pennies or whatever. But like it, it did seem to be like proper grown men who are getting involved in this and like the fact that there's 37 record attendance for the final at the EV I could put a picture up like, the occasion the atmosphere in the ground was absolutely brilliant it was amazing but then of course like people who are on the fence with going to League of Ireland aren't even what, what it's about if if they see if that's if if there's a trade-off between saying well they might get caught up in something like that well then you can see why it might be apprehend, apprehension but I would hope and I would, I would think that people would realise as well that it is such a it's such a minority thing and that it's it's not it's not kind of indicative of what of what going to the League of Ireland is about. It, re- it really isn't. And um but again you can't gloss over it. Yeah. All right. Listen, great stuff guys. Thanks David. Maybe you can you can celebrate a little bit today there, David and um Brano, I don't know what my advice is to you, just <laughs> Just uh, keep trucking on. Get a couple of coffees in. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go for another coffee. Yeah, that's the that's, um, the, that's the plan. So I'll 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 start from there. <laughs> Brano, David Snade, brilliant. Thanks a million. No worries. Take care. Thanks. It happened to me on the dart. Time to be in this motherfucking like we always do about this time. Okay, I'm gonna reveal a piece of information now. Well, I haven't I haven't smoked a cigarette in four days. <laughs> 
That's what I'm saying. It's this guy. Cheer up. How about you wake up? Last time I took the dart, I was offered to split. Wake up. Wake up to what's happening in the, in the world. Hey, Pat, do you want to split? You know? Gotta say, Ken, before we wrap things up, great to have you back. Uh, Hamlet, the Beatles, Cinnamon. There was a bit of football there at one point today as well, which is great. Always good to talk about football on the football podcast. Do you want one more Cup Final Day memory on? Go on then. Uh, Around uh, 12 o'clock last night, I look out my front window and there's a Pats fan asleep outside my house. How did you know it was a Pats fan? Was he He was wearing wearing a Pats hat. (laughs) And he had a Pats scarf around his neck. I think it's fair enough to assume... You know, he was, was indeed a Pats fan. It was so I went pretty out to, cold. I it went was out pretty to, cold last night. It was very cold. And like, I mean, if it was, you know, the middle of June, I'd be like, listen, sleep it off and do what has to be done. But I did. I, I went out there, you know, and I, sh- and I shook him and I said, young man, young man, young man. And he turned, he, he kind of sh- shook his head, you know, and he looked up at me. He goes, ah, oh, mister, sorry, mister. But we won the cup today. <laughs> and I, I said, get out of here, you little happened. scab. Get out of here. This Come sounds on. like a David Snade article. A David Snade <laughs> pre-cup final piece. Another yeah. character's to say, he did not say, Mr. Mr. But we won the cup Father, today. he said, Father Critty is a Jew. No. Is it yourself? <laughs> did he say there was, there was a Pats fan asleep outside yeah. my house. And I did move him on. But the, the exact yeah. exchange did not go exactly... Like no, you that. What on. can That's I say? Okay. I'm, I'm glad. Listen, I'm glad you, you listen on. It was a night of great celebration uh, here in the Kilmainham Inchicore area. Uh, we're delighted. Uh, it's just been it's been a roller coaster. It's been a beautiful, beautiful few days. Uh, it was actually amazing to walk through uh, Inchicore over the last four or five days and see a ton of bunting. Like it's just a little reminder, I think, that the GA does not have the patent on this stuff. You know, yeah. uh, and I'm sure it was the same in Fibsborough as well with Bulls. Um that yeah, it's like a community is a community, and they get behind successful sports teams, and it's 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 not a thing that only ever happens in the GA. It was a really eye opener actually over the last four or five days. So I was a very happy man yesterday, even though of course, you know, I I haven't attended enough pa- St Patrick's Athletic Games. The whole idea of yesterday as an occasion, though, I think on is to get fuckers like me in the door yeah, a bit more it. often and I think that's what will happen in the 2022 season excellent you did say that the last time the first time you attended a league game there having moved to Itchacore but we'll see if you follow through this time thanks Murph thanks Ken there was no cup presented in front of 37,000 people the last time though that is true thank well, you the thanks, was, there was only about uh, there was less than half that number that's still there I think because um, a lot of the bows uh, faithful uh, I was outside the, outside the ground with them already by the time that happened. It's a funny thing being in, a, being in the end when a penalty shootout is lost and won by the other team and you're in the end that lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, quite a funny sound. I mean, obviously it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing at the Bose fans. But just the, the combination of the whoo, silence that just... It's like it's a silence that you can hear and then suddenly from the far end... <sighs> You see the other side, the other mm. half of the stadium just pops up. A wonderful moment of treasure. Obviously, with commiserations for the losing Bohemian team, who'd given us all such a wonderful uh, evening's entertainment. Thanks, Ken. Thank you, Owen. Coverage and of the Premier League on the World Service during the week and the Players' Chair interview with Keith Earls coming up tomorrow. Sports book slot and US Murph. I didn't even mention him earlier. I think we've got US Murph. That's the plan anyway. So we will talk to you members tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye. That's the second time it's gone off.
never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports important. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.